I'm a cunt, and I don't listen to our damn show anymore because that's fake news. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Episode 476 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined today, this new year, by the lovely, talented, scholarly host of the program, in addition to me, Brittany Page. Is it a new year, new you? Jesse D. You know, I saw a lot of this year was the New Year same me or something. Hmm. Okay, I like that. Well, I I just I always thought it was New Year new 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 me or whatever. Yeah. But really, it isn't new you, and I think people kind of they're resigned. <laughs> they're they, resigned. They know that they'll they'll keep their resolution for a month and then nah, go back to the way it was. I think it's more realis- realistic. Just mm-hmm. it is the same me, but maybe. You know, uh, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm not into the the resolutions. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Yeah. Well, I think the issue is people kind of expect change to happen real quick. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, we are a fast food culture. Yeah, but you have to make incremental changes, right? You need some scaffolding to help you on the way there. Yeah, if, you, if it's all of a sudden you end up like a like a lottery winner... Who mm-hmm. goes bankrupt in a few years because they they fucking blew it because they weren't acclimated to that new wealth. Yeah, so you got to be patient with yourself and give yourself that space to to grow and improve in those areas that you feel are necessary. Yeah, yeah. So do you have, you know, you said you don't make resolutions, but do you have goals for 2019, things that you want to achieve, things you're looking forward to, things you want to be different? Yeah, I've got a lot of uh, expectation for... The show and the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. everything that I've kind of got. Well, no, I mean, I, I want to travel more this year. I may have stepped on your dick with that one, but uh, it's certainly something I want to do. But I want to work hard enough that I, I I owe it to myself to to self-care, to, to take a trip, go to New Orleans, go to Boston, go to D.C., whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that I... But it's all predicated upon how ruthlessly hard... I work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of growth, a lot of expectation. I'm almost 100,000 views on the YouTube channel. 100,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. You I'm, are far past. Yeah, several million yeah. views. <laughs> uh, 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 100,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Yeah. I want to grow the audience here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to strategize. I want to figure that out. And anyway. Yeah. And th- all that would, would I think... Leave me in a position where I need to take care of myself, mm-hmm. and a nap's not going to do it. I'm going to need some time <laughs> away. Yes. What about you? Well, you did, in fact, step on my dick. Um, I do want to travel more as well. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what you do, so... <laughs> 
We're all used to it. Wow. We're all used to it. Um, yeah, I definitely want to travel more. I feel like time has kind of gotten away from me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I've spent a lot of time working and schooling and um, trying to move forward, right? This kind of goes back to my Thanksgiving episode, Your Life is Now, advice from my godfather. Um, so I think I'm going to try a little bit more of that this year. And we're actually starting off on the right foot because we're taking a little weekend trip to go to Big Bear An this un weekend. Unplanned. Yes. We'll get to scheduling uh, yeah. after that. But yeah, that th this is going to be a good long time coming kind of weekend. Yes, for sure. Um and I also want to eat more this year. Um, delicious foods. Try all kinds of... Well, you know, I don't think you mean I just want to eat more. You want to eat more good stuff. Yeah. 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 Food is an experience to me. For sure. It is not yeah. just uh, something that I rush through or... Um, you know, I, I told someone I haven't eaten McDonald's in over a decade. And they <laughs> gasped. Because they it gasped. was... Yeah, it was so shocking. Um, but food is an experience, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. like a fast food. It's I want to eat some good fish and seafood and scallops. More scallops this year. More, more scallops this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we'll find some scallops in the small mountain town of Big Bear, California this weekend. Yeah, probably not. But, that is doubtful. And then also, obviously, I have um, career aspirations, but we'll figure that out as it goes along. That is awesome. Yeah. We didn't we didn't get around to asking the audience because we don't do other than like Thanksgiving, we don't really do holiday themed episodes. Yeah. But I wonder what the audience has planned for themselves, not relative to I want to work out, I went and got a gym membership. Not that kind of stuff because unless you really are going to stick to it, I don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? Wow. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to waste the audience's time with my bullshit that I want to lose, you know, twenty pounds this year. If I'm not going to fucking do it, mm -hmm. I want the likelihood of success to be high. Everybody is a beach body. If you're going to share, no, no, it's not. Okay, <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who doesn't have a currently uh, acceptable beach body. All right. I'm going to get shit for that. Save your emails. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to hear a little bit about what everybody kind of expects for the new year. Mm -hmm. um, a la our Thanksgiving episode. Kind of, you know, what you're thankful for. It'd be a nice setup for maybe when we do hit the Thanksgiving episode. What what of, of your aspirations for the, the year did you reach? And are you thankful for that? But let us know. 657 464 7609, and of course, you're going to always email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We also want to say that we are starting that monthly newsletter for $20 and up on Patreon. Oh, and yeah. We sent out the initial welcome newsletter to those individuals. So please check your email, check your spam folder if you didn't get it. If it's not there, it's not in your inbox, not in your spam folder, then please email us. I doubt it at dollamore.com and alert us to the fact that you have not received it. Maybe we need a different email address than the one on Patreon. Uh, maybe something else is going on, but we'll get it figured out. Out, we are going to be sending out the first newsletter by the end of the month. So we're already beginning to compile the things that we want in it. Um, and we're really excited to do this. We hope you guys are too. We hope you find it valuable. 
And we want your input on what you want to see in the newsletter. Yeah, this is going to be kind of a special, you know, personally curated kind of a thing. I mean, the whole fucking show is personally curated, but uh, it'll be personally curated for that $20 per month and up tier mm-hmm. of, of Patreon. So we, we really want it to be special in what you guys want it to be. And if you want to take part in that, you can either become a Patreon supporter or um, adjust accordingly your pledge. Uh, the other thing, speaking of Patreon, we don't want to make the whole goddamn front of the show, top of the show, uh, a, a Patreon commercial, but this is an unplanned trip we're taking this weekend. We were going to do the drawing and announce this week. Um, all of that kind of fell through. The guest co-host. Yeah, the guest co-host winner. We haven't chosen. Mm-hmm. We haven't done the randomized deal. I got to figure out what I did last time. We drew it from a hat. That's right. We drew it from a hat. <laughs> so I, don't re- I barely remember how we did it. Technology was not involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I got to, if we're going to just draw from a hat again, I guess that's what we'll do. But we will announce next episode, which should be recorded Monday night or Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. One of those days, you will know who the lucky winner of the Patreon supporter co-host an episode with Jesse D and Brittany P. The 7th or the 8th. All right. Yes. Good good time. And we also want to say thank you for being patient and hanging in there with us through the holidays. We know that the scheduling was hectic. Um, I was complaining to Jesse that all of my podcasts were running reruns. (laughs) And I'm like, where are all the new podcasts? And then you had to remind me, people take time off. Yeah. Well, see, that's what happens is I'm I'm a lot more easygoing about, well, we you know, we, people take time off. People take a day off, and you are a type, and maybe it's you know you just love the audience that much more. I don't know, but mm. you get very freaked out about skipping an episode or being late. And uh, I should be more that way. I think. Yeah. Well, don't give me too much credit. It's not just related to the show. This is actually like pervasive in my life. It's <laughs> at work. <laughs> It was at school when I was in school. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. like missing things. A yes. time. Well, whatever it is. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, one of the, the big thing that broke while we were uh, in the in the throes of New Year's mm-hmm. celebration is the Louis C.K. thing blew up. Yeah. A- apparently, he's out on the circuit again, despite his. Uh, his farewell letter, his apology letter, his his mea culpa that he did about a year ago, a little over a year ago, November of 2017. And at the end of it, in fact, it's the last couple sentences he said, you know, he gave a, all this is true. This is what I did. I, I'm, I'm, I'm owning it. And then at the very end, he says, I have spent my long and lucky career talking and saying anything I want. I will now step back and take a long time to listen Thank you for reading. Right. And I remember when this happened because I think we had a disagreement on this. Well, number one, we were very heartbroken when the news broke about Louis C.K. Very disappointed. um, Masturbating in front of women non-consensually. Young comedians that he had power over and um, that were up and comers and that had their careers derailed because they came forward with this. And Louis C.K. is one of the biggest names in comedy. And um, his little henchmen or whatever would cause problems for these women that came out and uh, went public with their accusations and he owned it in that statement right and it was written really well and 
I kind of went for it, I think, when I read the statement. Yeah. And we had a discussion about it because you were, even initially just reading the statement, not sold on it. Yeah, because he's a storyteller. This is, when you get a statement from like Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. he's a, that's from his lawyer. Yeah. This was handcrafted by Louis, who who knows how to tug on people's emotions because he's a... Uh, an expert comedian and uh, a genius writer. Right. So this, the reason he's in the news now is because he did another set. And yes, there has been controversy at, about him appearing at the comedy cellar and going back out there and, and doing his set. And someone recorded part of his set and put it on the internet. And he made some um, transgender jokes. Yeah. He made uh, jokes about the Parkland shooting and the the kids that have become famous as a result um, as activists uh, against gun violence. David Hogg, yeah. Uh, Emma Gonzalez. Yeah. And he just really <laughs> went astray in, in the clip. Um, but we asked people to call in with their opinions on it. And I think we're going to start with a call from someone giving their reaction to this news about Louis. Then we'll play the clip. Hello, person. John from Pennsylvania here. Let's go on in to comment on uh, Mr. C.K. Uh, I've noticed a theme with the uh, uh, older comedians, uh, be they male or female, that uh, about amongst uh, the, uh, the 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 Rosans, the the Bill Burrs, the Mark Marones, the obviously the Louis C.K.s, is they're all screaming about the uh, PC culture. And I think uh, Brittany, uh, with her uh, posting of the article on John Mulaney, um, uh, uh, he said it best, really. It's like you, you have to change your materials. The culture changes. I mean, you know, in the 70s, uh, bell-bottoms were in style. But, you know, what's probably not going to come back in style is uh, a skit by Monty Python where uh, Eric Idle dresses up as a Native American in Britain who's a theater critic, and they proceed to massacre a bunch of theater goers because one of the stars didn't show up. So it's, you know, stop being lazy, guys. Work on your stuff. Don't think you can keep telling the same jokes. You you got to change with the times. And if the times change faster than you do, well, there you go. That's how it works. Anywho, toodles, y'all. So I think that this is one perspective (laughs) that is out there. There's many. um, And I think we're going to dive into a lot of those and give our own perspective. But I think I want to play the the set before we before we move in so that everyone is fully aware of what was said. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed in the younger generation, honestly, because I'm 51 years old. And when I was like 18 to my 20s, I mean, we were idiots. We are getting high, doing fucking mushrooms and shit. And then older people were like, you got to get your shit together. And we were like, yeah, fuck you. And I was kind of excited to be in my 50s and see people in their 20s and be like, they're crazy. These kids are nuts, but they're not. They're fucking, they're just boring. (laughs) Fucking telling them, you shouldn't say that. What the, what are you, an old lady? What the fuck are you doing? Appropriate. Fuck Woo! you, you're a child. Why are you finger fucking each other and doing jello shots? Like, why aren't you. Why... 
you should address me. They're like royalty. They tell you what to call them. Fuck them. You should address me as they them. Because I identify as gender neutral. Oh, okay. Okay. You should address me as there. Because I identify as a location. And the location is your mother's cunt. It doesn't have to be that nasty. But it can be. I don't know, they testify in front of Congress, these kids. What the fuck? What are you doing? You're young. You should be crazy. You should be unhinged. Not in a suit saying, I'm here to tell, fuck you. You're not interesting. Because you went to a high school where kids got shot? Why does that mean I have to listen to you? Why does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kid in the way. And then, now I got to listen to you talking? So I think, obviously, it's very disappointing. Like, it just continues to get more disappointing. Yeah. Um, as more and more information comes out. First, when he went back and started doing comedy, I was disappointed that he wasn't talking about himself and what he did. Well, no, what he did. He talked about what a tough year it's been. I I lost like $20 million this year. It was all poor me. Right. Woo-hoo for me. Right. Let me let me correct that then. Um, talking about himself in the way that I'm used to him talking about it, which is deep, introspective, intelligent observations about life, power, um, sexuality, all of these topics yeah. that are relevant to his comedy. And I've heard people saying, this is what Louis does. This is how he has always been. No, he's not. Tell hacky fucking jokes that I read on Twitter every day. Yeah, the whole I identify as a location. We, we've heard that before. I identify as a younger person. I identify as a rich person. We, we've right. heard those jokes yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. We have heard those. We've been hearing those jokes for years at this point. And then Louis C.K. is standing up there doing the joke that some hack on Twitter is making. Can I, can I tell you that I could do with a lot less that dude that was laughing? Clearly forcing the laughter. It, to me, it sounded like. Because, well, well, listen, I want to give comedians the latitude to say shit that is socially unacceptable. Because oftentimes, comedians broach topics. I'm not giving Louis in this case. Let me preface it by saying that. But oftentimes, comedians force us to have conversations, tough conversations and create a, a space with a little levity talking about something super fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. Louis, Louis did that when like he did bits about um, the richer you are, they just you get free checking. But if you're poor and you bounce a check, they charge you money, putting you in the in the in in the negative mm-hmm. to where you have to earn money to even be broke. I mean, he did. He talked about the the infrastructure of banks, and but he did it in a very light, thought provoking way. Mm-hmm. Th- this isn't that. This is just punching down well, at kids who literally watch their fucking classmates die. Well, and I almost wonder if it's a, an attempt to give him a pass because if you act like oh he's just always been a hack, then you know he's always been a hack. But this is someone who knows better. Yeah, this is someone sure. who is smarter than this. 
Yeah. This is someone who knows better than this. And so it's worse. It's worse sure. because he can do better and he knows better and he's choosing not to. And even within the um, comedy scene, people are disappointed. Judd Apatow yeah. doing an extensive Twitter thread on this. Um, I like this Dana Gould tweet. When Richard Pryor set himself on fire freebasing, he was wise enough as an artist to know that when he eventually returned to the stage, his primary target had to be himself. Yeah. Um. So even comedians now. See, and that's the deal is oftentimes when something goes down with the comic and they tell jokes and they're being shitty, other comics 100% defend them mm-hmm. because it's like, hey, you got to give a guy space. Yeah. Because we're all doing a tough job here. Like we say on the show, we're thinking in public. They're doing the same thing. They're testing material to see what works and what doesn't. And that's not what happened here because comedians are knowing that what he is doing it's it's like a code, and he's breaking the code, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And as far as John's call, mm-hmm. I think there's some truth to what he said. There, there there's there's some wisdom there mm-hmm. because he Louis C.K.'s job isn't to get up there and tell us what he thinks is funny. Mm-hmm. His job is to make us laugh. His job is to figure out what we think is funny, mm-hmm. not to convince us what he thinks is funny is funny. Yeah. It's defined within us, within the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not fucking doing that. I, I mean, he maybe he was for that goofball in the room. Yeah. Well, and I didn't like the set the first time I heard it when Dennis Miller did it. <laughs> so, you know, I. Yeah. yeah. But um, John from Pennsylvania referenced the John Mulaney article that I tweeted. Did I say that right? Yeah. Well, I was shocked that you didn't just say Pennsylvania, but. Okay. <laughs> Because you were smiling at me, a little dick smirk. Like it's a real place. um, Well, that's what he says. Uh, Is that not what he says? Yeah. John from Pennsylvania. So John Mulaney, who's a great comedian, fantastic. He's now taking the place of Louis C.K. in my mind, and I think. Is he a clean comic? No, he's not a clean no, comic. No, fuck no. He just sure looks not. like a clean comic. <laughs> right, that's right. Tall boy. Tall child. Tall child. Tall child. Um, <laughs> he he did an interview and, and they asked him, what do you think about this like PC culture where you can't say anything anymore? And he kind of questioned the interviewer. He's like, so who's saying that? Like, can you give me a reference of a comedian that has said that? That they can't say anything anymore, <laughs> you know? And he kind of took them to task and the the interviewer couldn't come up with an example they were just like, yeah, that's just what people are saying. And yeah, yeah. he's like Donald Trump all of a sudden. Yeah, everybody's saying. <laughs> um, and, and John Mulaney said, quote, if there are comedians who say you can't say anything anymore to that, I would say, think of how many times you've adapted. Now do it again. Also, I have just not found that to be true. I've played three colleges this month and people have a sense of humor. So I think there's a lot of competing comments here, right? Is it the PC culture? Is is has this always been Louis C.K.? Is this a new Louis C.K.? Um, are people losing their sense of humor? Um, all of these different conversations are going on, and I think obviously the audience knows where we stand, yeah, and where notable comedians stand, and I don't think that these notable figures in comedy would be just taking a quote unquote PC stand. Yeah, yeah. In order to maintain their career. 
they're going to take a non-hacky stand. Don't be a fucking hack. Right. And I, I think everyone expects more from Louis because they know yeah. that he can do more than what he's doing. I, I am. Let me. I'm disappointed mainly because, you know, when, when he said in that last in the last statement of the of his statement that uh, I've spent a long time, long, my long, lucky career talking and saying anything I want. I will now step back and take a long time to listen. He took less than a year, less than 12 months, fewer than 12 months. So fuck you, man. You didn't take a long time to listen. All that does is bolster the point you reminded me that I made that I didn't buy this. Mm -hmm. This seemed, do I need to? (laughs) Oh, I feel it coming on. Uh Uh-oh. I feel it coming on. There we go. Jesse was right. To be fair, I brought this on all of us, audience. (laughs) I'm the one who brought this up. No, so listen, I still have a tremendous amount of respect for him and his brain. I think he... He has he has he has done a lot for the world relative to a lot of understanding he brings that people have come around on, whether it be about gay marriage, about just acceptance of 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 marginalized communities in general. He has done a good job over the course of his career. He just has. Now, just because he says the word cunt or says the word pussy or makes jerk off jokes and dick jokes a lot doesn't mean his comedy wasn't deep and layered. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that. Mm-hmm. However, like Judd Apatow has been saying, I'm not going to take credit for it because it's it's what he's saying. And really, he's more respectable in this arena than me because he comes from this world. Louis bitter right now. Mm-hmm. He's bitter and he feels bad about himself um, in kind of a all oh, poor me way. Look what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I lost all these millions of dollars. People don't like me anymore. Mm-hmm. Rather than doing what he said in that statement and taking a long time to listen and realize you fucking hurt people, dude. You use your power, tremendous power, to harm people and their careers and their lives. And your timeout's not over. And in fact, after this, it's you know, you you could just get time added onto your sentence, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I'm just I'm I'm super disappointed. Yeah. So I and we've made no listen. Sorry, we we've made no allusion to the fact that um, we well, let's talk about me. I I I didn't make any secret about the fact that I hoped he could come back into the fold. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just don't know that he's going to be capable of doing that, especially if he's going down this path now, which is. James Demore, what is he going to be on fucking Joe Rogan next? He's probably going to tour with, with Bill Rubin. O'Reilly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. He's going to do the. He's going to fill in for Dennis. Miller Dennis Miller thing. When Dennis Miller gets sick. Yeah. He, he's going to be on call. He's going to go. He's going to be the opening warm up warm up act for fucking Jordan B. Peterson. Mm. <laughs> Working the crowd, making his trans jokes. Waka waka waka. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, trans jokes. By the way, that he stole from. Like anonymous dipshit with Cuck an egg. Town twenty seven <laughs> on Twitter that has like twelve followers. Yeah. Cucktown twenty seven. How'd you know my secret account? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, listen, we want to open this up. I would love to. I'm sure a lot of you have been just champing at the bit, waiting to heat to get uh, 
to hear what we have to say and then join the conversation. We want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We look forward to and we encourage you to reach out. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. We have two beautiful Patreon supporters who upped their pledge. Yes. Laura. Laura. And Najee. Najee. Yes. And then we have... Listen, if we fuck up your name, and by we, I mean Brittany. Yes. Um, Let us know. Yes. Just record a voice memo and send it to us. That Raina. Raina from Indianapolis had to do that. Yeah. Because I was calling her Renia. We were calling her many different things. <laughs> Someone should go back to... <laughs> no, they shouldn't. And and do a compilation of all the different ways that we were pronouncing her name until she finally called in and was like, hey, dicks, yeah, this right. is how you pronounce it. <laughs> so anyway, if we got it wrong, uh, just pronounce it into the yeah. into the phone, send it in, or yeah, call yeah. in and, and pronounce it. Yeah. And then we have um, several new Patreon supporters. Tom. Tom. Amy, Amy, Michael, Michael, and Justin, Justin, beautiful, so great, yes. So thank you all so very much. We appreciate the support. It means so much. Um, helping us grow, like I was talking about earlier, uh, it, it's going to be instrumental in what we want to do relative to getting a studio and all the other things that that are uh, that they're on the table for this year. Well, and don't forget. It's uh, 2019 now. 2019. And there was some recent news with um, news. an exploratory <laughs> committee being formed. Oh. Elizabeth Warren. That is right. Possibly throwing her hat in the ring. So that's right, guys. It is starting. Okay. And we're really excited to walk along this journey with you. Um, it may get hairy at certain points where you don't agree with us. Right. Um, because it's going to be a large democratic field, methinks. And, yeah, for sure it is. Um, there's going to be a lot going on. Um, it's Donald Trump, after all. So we all need to get prepared, right? Be prepared. Hashtag be prepared. <laughs> and um, we're excited. We're excited well, for you guys to join us. I would say this, and then we'll get to Dollamocracy. Um, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a good time because she has... Um, Announced her exploratory committee, mm-hmm. which I'll explain when we get into Dollamocracy exactly what that is. But we have to wait. Well, I guess I'll explain it now. What that means is, is because of campaign finance laws, she if she's officially running for president, she can't have anything to do communication wise with the different PACs that support her. Mm. So if when she's just in exploratory committee mode she can coordinate with them and do all the bullshit because she's not officially a candidate. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's why there's that space of exploratory. It's not like she's really having people go out there and like poll people. Do you, do you think she should run? Do you think she should run? She's decided she's running. It's a, it's a fundraising thing. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is this is, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And what I want to do this year, I don't know how you feel about this, but I really hope that we can be critical 
of Democratic candidates oh, yes. who are going up against Donald Trump because we want to go into this election clear-eyed yes. about every single individual, mm-hmm. whether it be about Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or Beto yeah. or Martin O'Malley, whoever. I, 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 we're going to be talking a little bit of shit about candidates with a clear eye. O'Malley's not running. You know what I mean. Just whoever it is. No, I know. He announced he's not running. That's what they all say. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, thank you guys. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all kinds of great episodes. We hope to get some great bonus episodes in with some guests and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So here is what an exploratory committee means. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So uh, we're in the middle of a a crushing government shutdown right now. A Trump government shutdown. Remember, I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. Until he did. Until he did. I think we're on day 13, going into day 14 right now. This clip I'm getting ready to play to talk about it was was day 11. We turn to politics and a possible breakthrough with the government shutdown now dragging into an 11th day. President Trump has invited congressional leaders from both parties to the White House on Wednesday for a briefing on border security, still insisting on funding for a wall. At the same time, new evidence of the shutdown, trash cans overflowing in the nation's capital. And tonight, the president telling incoming House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, let's make a deal. Here's ABC White House correspondent Tara Palmieri with more. Tonight, new signs of movement in the government shutdown stalemate. President Trump inviting Democratic congressional leaders to the White House, tweeting this question to incoming House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Let's make a deal? Tomorrow's meeting, their first since this heated clash 21 days ago. I'll we tell you disagree. What. I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck. The president then pledged she wouldn't budge unless Congress gave him $5 billion to build a wall on the southern border, a wall he long promised Mexico would pay for. Who's going to pay for the wall? Now, 11 days into the shutdown, 800,000 federal employees are furloughed or working without pay. You're say good night. Their families in limbo tonight. Angela Cabana's husband, Jason, is an air traffic controller. He's the sole breadwinner. And we've got two young kids. And it's pretty scary not knowing when you're going to get paid. On the National Mall, signs of the shutdown everywhere. Garbage piling up in the shadow of the Washington Monument. Museums and the National Zoo shuttering tomorrow. Tonight, signs the White House may be looking for a way out. Thursday, Democrats officially take over the House. In his New Year's message, the president hinting at the battles to come. It's going to be a great year. Complicated, but great. Okay, a complicated year ahead. Tara Palmieri joins us now from the White House. And Tara, the president meeting tomorrow with Democratic leaders, but they've made it very clear they will not fund his border wall. Tom, with this new Congress, the Democrats gain even more leverage in the fight. The president's advisors are pushing him to offer them incentives, like a solution for dreamers, those undocumented immigrants who came to the country illegally as children. Tom? Tara Palmieri for us tonight. Tara, thank you. 
So I, I saw this article about um, Joshua Tree, which is, I think it's a national park in California, right? Yeah, is yeah. it considered a national park? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, never been there. Would love to go. Maybe one of my weekend trips That's that I'm right. going to be taking for 2019. More travel. Um, but there, that is obviously a part of the government shutdown not being taken care of. And there have actually been volunteers taking it upon themselves to go in, take bags of trash out of the park, put toilet paper in the bathrooms. Um, there are people who are camping out and hanging things from the delicate trees in Joshua Tree because no one is there to tell them to stop. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a twofold bummer here. It, it's a bummer that the government is shut down, but it's also a bummer that people are fucking assholes. Yeah, even the trash that was overflowing in front of the White House. Yeah. People just throwing their trash on the ground because all of the other trash oh, is on the, the ground. The trash can is overflowing. Just put it right on top. <laughs> what? It's dicks. You can't carry your cup a little while if longer? If that trash can is full, that trash can's out of service, bro. <laughs> that is, you know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of bro stuff on this episode. I really appreciate it. Is that your New Year's resolution? More bro? It's what you do. So I'm just, I'm just taking Ironically, a page. Ironically, I do it. I'm taking a page out of the page playbook. Wow. Bro. Um, that is a great way to put it, though. If the truth. Oh, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> you really got scared. Uh, <laughs> um, if the trash is Brother. if the trash is full, it is out of service. Is that what you said? I think that's what. I okay, said, yeah. perfect. I like it. All right. So, so <laughs> I had something else to say. Um. So listen, this this really boils down to mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Obviously, is holding out. Yeah. Now it's being reported that he's holding out because I'll look like a moron if I acquiesce now. I don't think he would ever say acquiesce, but no, no, no. If no. I give in now, I'm going to look weak. I'm going to be humiliated. Mm. And this is all predicated on Donald Trump getting five, which is now five point six billion dollars for the wall. That of course we were always going to pay for uh, in the first place. Who's going to pay for the wall? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Come on, Mexico's going to pay, bro. So, it just... the this, this is one of those moments for me that I am immeasurably frustrated because I have always known we do live in kind of a low-information, low-attention, short-attention-span culture. Where people can be distracted in, you know, half the time of a of a stop set, a commercial break of a sitcom. Mm-hmm. But this is this is wild to me, and I, it's, I'm having a hard time getting over it. Mm-hmm. That how many thousands of times was build that wall? Who's going to pay for it? Mexico. How many times did that get said? And now our government is shut down, and eight hundred thousand people are without. Their, their paychecks, they don't know when the next one's going to come. Contractors who work for the government, who aren't employees, likely won't get back pay. This is a, 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 a ridiculous problem that has real-world effects for real families with real children, real medical issues with bills that need paid, and Donald Trump is breaking a promise that Mexico was going to pay and no one fucking cares on his team. No one on his team yes. seems to care. 
Well, thankfully, today is January 3rd, and we have the new freshman Congress being Congress being sworn in. They are a Congress, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. They're being sworn in. And they have been sworn in. They have been sworn in. And Nancy Pelosi is now the speaker. Yeah. And they have voted to reopen the government, and they have rejected Trump's demand for wall funding. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi, good honor. She pretty much just said, you know what? Fuck you. Uh, Oh, wait. That's later. Uh, (laughs) No. No. The answer is no. How many times do we have to tell you, dipshit, we're not giving you money for the wall? No, 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 no. So, along with that 20... Um, in the 2019, the new Congress, the 200, and, what is this, the 217th or 216th Congress? I do not know. 216, I think. Um, along with this new Congress, there are new chairmen for very important committees that are going to make Donald Trump's life more of a bummer than it naturally is. A new cast of characters in the House of Representatives starting this Thursday. And I want to start with Richard Neal. He's the incoming chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, and he is the Democrat on Capitol Hill who has the power to ask for President Donald Trump's tax returns. Now, a source familiar told me last month that Richard Neal will ask for the president's tax returns. He will make a formal request to Treasury any time in this new year. Now, there are still discussions about exactly when he will ask for them, but you can expect a protracted legal battle between the House of Representatives and the President of the United States when it comes to something Trump hasn't wanted to turn over before. Now, he's not the only person that's going to be looking into the president's finances. Maxine Waters, the incoming chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, also wants to look into any ties that the Trump organization has with Russia. Now, she is looking specifically for those kind of financial ties from the president, and she's tangled with President Trump in the past. She is beloved by the Democratic base, and she has said in the past that she thinks President Trump should be impeached. So she is going to be somebody at the forefront of this fight to do oversight into the Trump administration, and you can expect her to be a fierce critic of President Trump's. Now, Elijah Cummings is the incoming chairman of the House Oversight Committee, and he arguably has the most jurisdiction of any chairman coming in to look into the Trump administration, to conduct oversight. His committee can look into everything from immigration to security clearances on Capitol Hill, or on, at the White House, excuse me. And I talked to him last month. He told me that he expects to bring in a wide variety of cabinet secretaries before his committee, including Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary. He has questions about how a question about citizenship ended up on the census. Now, we should also look to Adam Schiff. This has been somebody who has tangled with the president on the Russia investigation. He thinks Republicans haven't answered enough questions, and he has more questions. He looks to open up the Russia investigation. He wants to bring in folks like Michael Flynn before his committee. But there's one more person you should be paying attention to, and that is the House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler. His sole focus is going to be protecting the Mueller investigation, but he'll look into the president's uh, impact on immigration, the rise of white nationalism in the country, and he is the person who's going to be leading any impeachment effort if Democrats decide to go down that path in 2019. So, 
two things here. Well, there's a lot, but uh, I hope, because if you notice, two people were out just yesterday. Mm-hmm. One was John Kelly. No, He's no longer here. He's gone. Mm-hmm. The other one is Ryan Zinke, the interior secretary. Mm-hmm. Kind of convenient that he's embroiled in scandal. Yeah. But investigation-free scandal because it was a Republican Congress who did, who abdicated its fucking duty and didn't want to look into all of his many problematic behaviors. Mm-hmm. He's gone right when the new Congress comes in. What I hope, and I, I, I don't want to be the guy who suggests that we continue to look into the past and punish, you know, we're, we're going to look into this. But I would love for somebody to look into what exactly was going on with this guy. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed to be a concerted effort to get him out just in time for the investigations to begin. Well, maybe they uh, were just draining the swamp. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it mm-hmm. just took two years. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is um, Richard Neal. He's he's the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, which is rights tax policy, which is arguably the most powerful committee on the Hill. Senate or House. And I say that. Because um, anything having to do with money, any appropriations bill, any bill uh, appropriating money for funding the government or whatever, has to start in the House of Representatives. The Senate doesn't start with but money bills. They have to be um, done in the House. So he has the power, because of uh, U.S. code, to request those taxes. From the Secretary of the Treasury. I'm going to read the part of the U.S. Code right here, which is, Upon written request from the Chairman of the Committee on Ways and Means of the House of Representatives, the Chairman on the Committee on Finance of the Senate, or the Chairman of the Joint Committee on Taxation, the Secretary shall furnish such committee with any return or return information specified in such request, except that any return or return information which be... Uh, can be associated with or otherwise identified directly or indirectly a particular taxpayer shall be furnished to such a committee only when sitting in closed executive session unless such taxpayer otherwise consents in writing to such disclosure. Which means, unless uh, Donald Trump says you can make it public, they have to keep it secret. That's all that means. Mm -hmm. But he can ask for it. By law, and it has to be given. That's a big deal Mm -hmm. because Donald Trump doesn't just want them not public. He doesn't want anybody knowing what's in there. Right. This is going to be a major chink in the armor relative to investigating Donald Trump and exactly what in the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. with his beholdance, if that's a word, to Vladimir Putin. Well, it's a whole new world for Donald Trump. And he, I think, you know, there's a lot of reports about him acting like a toddler and he gets very angry and he doesn't come out of his room and he spends most of his time watching TV and tweeting and getting very upset because nobody likes him and everyone is saying bad things about him. (laughs) It is toddler-esque. And it is only going to get worse. It is going to get much, much worse. Yeah. The incoherent babbling that you hear in front of cameras where he doesn't know what he's talking about, about anything. I mean, from history to policy to like anything, uh, nothing. Um, It's just going to get worse because he's going to get more isolated, more frustrated um, as these investigations. It's just going to be boots on his neck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, 
not only does he have an entirely new crop of uh, chairmen and chairwomen to deal with relative to the House, Mm -hmm. he also has a new crop of freshman congressmen and women who are going to be on the airwaves, Mm -hmm. who have caught fire likable likable wise in the media yeah and th- th- the the people the american people are enamored by these 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 folks so um but not only that he also has a new crop of senators including members of his own party who are coming out swinging talking uh, a lot of dissent yeah mitt romney and can I just say, I'm not totally impressed by this. Either am I. And I hope that other people aren't. Um, <laughs> we really can't give these people a pass. Yeah, like what the fuck did Jake, uh, Jeff Flake do for us? Nothing. Yeah. A I lot mean, of talk. Yeah, we need to see more action. And we actually need to see more forceful talk. I want people coming out and saying, he doesn't know how to find any of these countries on a map. Yeah, yes. He's, yes. He is like lighting his briefing book on fire. That's what he thinks is fun. Yeah. Um, this is really bad, guys. I mean, that's that's what I want to hear from people. If that's what's happening, I don't know. I don't know how that's really happening. I would scenes, love I guess. for for Mitt Romney to say, "Look, bro." <laughs> <laughs> it's just this casual. I'm not happy with how this is going. This is not professional. This is not the way it should be going. for sure. And listen, it's going to take more than that from Republicans to convince other Republicans. Yes. That's it. It's going to take more than that, especially when you have these cult-like Trump supporters who will say anything against people who criticize Donald Trump. For instance, Lou Dobbs. Yes. The Fox business who, who called Mitt Romney a traitor yeah. because he wrote an op-ed in which he was critical of the president of the United States. And so he just attacked the president, uh, attacked his character, his personality, did everything but talk about policy. Uh, today's backtrack uh, shows just how much Romney's lame attempts at filling the antagonistic uh, boots of Jeff Flake uh, well, just how badly, badly, now really we should say not failed, uh, he's succeeding. He's sort of flaky in, don't you think? Perhaps he should try winning for a change and work to support <laughs> the president. Clear Period. your throat, Lou. Joining us tonight, Charlie Hurd, Washington <laughs> Times opinion editor, Fox Business contributor. Works wonders. WR, radio talk show personality, and yes, icon, great Uh-oh. to have you uh, have you both with us? And Charlie, uh, you know, I when I listen to a mealy mouth weasel backtrack, <laughs> and then the uh, the political press calls it walking back. You know, I, I mean, it's it's laughable to watch this guy, and and you you know what you shudder to think he could have been president. My uh, lord, oh, it's incredible, and to think that that when you go back and you and you read what, what an insulting. Uh, sort of incendiary column he wrote, right. uh, and to think that 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 what, what he you know what he had to say today was somehow somehow uh, you know he had you know uh, overstated his case or whatever. It leaves you no wonder whatsoever why the guy lost the presidency in the first place uh, uh, four uh, four years ago, five, uh, six years ago in 2012. Um, you know the guy you know he's coming to Washington. He's desperate for attention. He's desperate for relevancy. And so what does he do? He gets into bed with the Washington Post and surprise 
surprise, surprise, he turns, uh, you know, th they, you know, those people, they will pick up anything as long as it's an attack on this you president. Better it saves and, them a lot of trouble. They have to, yeah. they have to run at least eight anti-Trump pieces every yeah. day. Most of them on the front page, uh, or it's a tough day for the Post. Uh, you know, following up on, on what Charlie's saying here, you know, I, I think Mark, this guy is so insufferable. But the idea that he would claim, I mean, what he's going to do next, I think, I wouldn't be surprised. Here he is uh, with that, remember that video attack that he uh, I had on the president. Uh, and now in the Washington Post, he's going to claim he was misquoted for crying out loud. <laughs> That's how much integrity he has. Well, it was a riveting piece about how Trump can be abrasive, oh, rash. I see gosh. why they rushed that into print. It's uh, <laughs> And the, the idea that Mitt Romney will give you personality advice, that, that's like Michael Moore giving you fashion tips. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Romney, uh, I mean, to say he's not presidential, he's been president for two years. Yeah. And it's one thing to attack And a historic him. president at that. And historic because of what he has done, keeping his promises and moving this nation forward and putting America and Americans first. And then we have Romney, who is basically saying to all of the great Americans in Utah, go to hell, please. You were a bunch of suckers and you uh, I, I accepted the Trump endorsement. And now I'm telling Trump uh, what I really think of him. I mean, he what what an ignorant uh, his character. He's talking about character. I mean, he is a he's a traitor. Uh, he is treasonous uh, and, and betrayed the people of Utah. He didn't even take office yet. He just landed yeah. at the well, airport yeah, on the way out a, of the this plane. This is a warm up for Trump. <laughs> and and I love Lou Dobbs talking about the Washington Post needing to run eight negative Trump stories in order to stay in business yeah, because yeah. he has to run like eight Trump essing of the D segments yeah. in order to maintain maybe, his show. Maybe that's what's r rattling around in the back of his throat there. I... A little Trump residue. Nah? Yeah, it just it went too far for me. <laughs> that's going too far for me. Just you know what? It's Clear going too far for me. Get a glass of water, bro. Okay, it's it's too much with the bro at this point. That's too, I'm too, I'm 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 in, I'm in pot committed. Okay, that's all I got. Now. Um, but did you guys hear that? You know, I was writing. I mean, mealy mouthed weasel, shuddered to think he could have been president after they they oh they worshipped Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, you can do no wrong. Is the Republican nominee? Oh, um. Desperate for attention and relevancy. Insufferable. Um, questioned his integrity. Called him ignorant. No personality. A traitor and treasonous. Yeah, listen, I'm no I'm no fan of Mitt Romney. <laughs> um, but this is just shocking coming from Republicans, number one. But number two, Mitt Romney being called treasonous yeah. and a traitor. Yeah. Because he wrote an op-ed in which he was critical of well, the president? Think about what that means. That means loyalty to country. That's not what treason is to him. You have to be loyal to the president of the United States, no matter what the, what the issue is. Otherwise, that's what traitorous is. That's what treasonous is. Mm -hmm. The other thing I liked is when he said... Oh, he calls him not presidential. He's been president for two years. Yeah. Uh, are you that fucking stupid, you moron? Lou Dobbs is like Louis C.K. getting his jokes from turds on Twitter. <laughs> That's great. 
And then also Lou Dobbs covering up there about, oh, it's a historic presidency. And then he has to remind the audience why it's historic. It's not historic because Trump is historically bad, Mm -hmm. historically uh, ill-mannered, historically cozy with foreign um, dictators and brutal thugs. It's historic because of all the things that he's done and accomplished. That's why. Just as a reminder, everybody. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're not gonna finish with this, but this is the last thing, and it also goes with um what one might perceive as bad behavior by one of those new members, those new Democratic members. There is a uh, a new. I was going to say Congresswoman-elect, but she is just now Congresswoman. Mm-hmm. Rashida Tlaib, I believe she's from the 15th District of Michigan. I think 13th. 13th District of Michigan. Thank you, Brittany Page, for the fact check. And uh, she's given like a bar or a pep speech or something. A bar. She's given like a speech in a bar or a restaurant to staffers or supporters. And, well, anyway, she's someone who has advocated for the impeachment of Donald Trump, which is all fine. She wrote an op-ed today. Today. And then she gave this speech. And this is just the, the tail end. People love you and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won. Bullies don't win. And I no. said, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there. We're going to impeach the motherfucker. <laughs> So I'm I'm kind of curious as to what everybody thinks about this. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I've said worse than call Donald Trump a motherfucker for sure. Mm-hmm. Much worse. Yeah. But is this wise for a sitting member of Congress? Just from like a strategy standpoint, I don't know how I feel. I I, I know it resonates with me. I I know I agree with her. Mm-hmm. I believe Donald Trump is a motherfucker. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think you gotta be you gotta be smarter when you're actually in a position of power. We don't have any fucking power. Mm-hmm. She's got to vote. Yeah, she's giving that the other side fuel, or potentially is giving the other side fuel to say, "You see, all along that was the play. All along, it doesn't matter what Donald Trump. It was in the cards. Deep state, deep state, deep state." Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, um, it it's difficult. I understand the reaction, right? Um, I understand the cheering. It's an exciting yeah, sure. thing to hear um, from someone who's such a bad person and, and so corrupt, right? But I, I think you're right that it probably isn't strategic and that this is going to be used as a weapon against Democrats. And I think this speaks to the debate between like Michelle Obama and Michael Avenatti, <laughs> which is weird to even say those two names next to each other. Well, you could say Michelle Obama and Eric Holder who said, we'll kick them when they go low. We kick them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Holder, more respectable. Yeah. Well, you get the, you get the distinction. I'm For making. sure. When yeah. we, when they go low, we go high versus when, when they go low, we kick them. Yeah. And which side are you on? Right. Do you want a Democrat to be like Trump and be kind of brash and out there and ag- aggressive. Is that something that, that we want? Do we want to kind of coarsen the discourse in politics? Yeah. Um, or do we want to maintain um, some respectability and try to win people over using that method 
and pushing forward on merits and making sure that we have all our ducks in a row, right? But then you start to think of like the kids in cages and things like that. So it's difficult to balance the like pure emotionality that you feel and and the outrage that you feel with the more practical concerns about actually taking care of biz. Yeah, well, that's where it is. That's where it kind of lines out for me because of course I'm more drawn to the emotionality of it. I I, I kind of let myself be uh, controlled for lack of a better term by my emotions. I'm, I'm led by them. I'm I I I, f- I fuel that side of me a lot more than I should, and it's not wise to do that. It's it's better to be smarter and operate under the condition of your mind than the condition of your of your heart. You know what I mean? So ultimately, I think it's better had she not said this, but I don't fault her for doing so. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I'd love to know what everybody thinks though. Six five seven four six four. 7609, of course, email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Taking care of biz. Kirsten Cinema. Kirsten Cinema. She is the newly elected Democratic Senator. Um, of Arizona. Yes. And she was sworn in today, like everyone else. We've been talking about this a lot today. Um, but she did not use a Bible. And she was sworn in by Mike Pence, too, might I add. Yeah. She um, placed her left hand on an Arizona law book instead of a Bible. Pretty solid. Yeah. And like you said, Mike Pence had to stand there and give her the oath. Ah, Grennan Barrett. She is also <laughs> the first openly bisexual um elected official. I, I think believe. she's also the 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 very first nun in Congress or in in the Senate for sure. She was a nun? N- no, I mean oh. not affiliated religiously. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Former Mormon though. A bisexual nun who <laughs> is being sworn in on a law book. She's a fucking unicorn, is what we're saying. All right. Um yeah, she is she is not affiliated with any religion. So yeah. even though she didn't use a Bible and you might think, oh, she's an atheist. No, not out as an atheist. Just a nun, which we take what we can get around these parts. Makes me feel kind of good about Arizona. What's going on over there? That yeah. they would elect this lady who's mm-hmm. got all these 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 disqualifiers in that conservative state. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there were actually several books that members could choose from to be sworn in on. Um, there was a Quran, a Buddhist sutra, yeah, um, yeah. the Hindu book and uh constitutions for atheists as well if they wanted to just use the constitution there's not a whole bunch of atheists running around i think that's a uh, one constitution would have done <laughs> well it's nice to see some diversity there right in sure. the religious demographics the religious breakdown of course the uh predominant religious affiliation is christian um and it is the 116th congress like you said jesse nice. d uh, 471 are Christian, 34 are Jewish, three are Muslim, three are Hindu, two are Buddhist, two are Unitarian atheist, mm. and one is unaffiliated <laughs> atheist. Yeah. I'm adding the atheist. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, good luck to her. She's, I think, going to be a solid, 
a solid senator, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on the Democratic side from Arizona, going to represent them well. Anyway, we're going to leave you there. Yep. With the uh, Kirsten Cinema. Mm-hmm. You you should watch that. One more thing, you should watch, find it online. Her swearing in with Mike Pence because it is the most fake ass fucking earnest. I'm so honored. Uh, the only thing I was impressed with is he's reading her the oath and he doesn't reference the fucking book. Hmm. It's right out of his freaking um, cartoon villain head. Yes. Cartoon. Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to name a cartoon villain yeah. literally in my head. Just speak about it generally. So anyway, we all get it. Yeah, go ahead. What? What was happening? Something said? No. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, bros. We're going to be gone uh, for the weekend. Um, maybe we'll get on the Twitter. Yeah. In a in a in a fit of intoxicated rage. Have a good time. Probably not, but mix it up with the with the listeners on the Twitter. Yeah. Good times. We love you. We appreciate you. We want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you next time for episode 477. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Yeah, well, and I didn't like the set the first time I heard it when Dennis Miller did it. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!